far north Toast. This is episode 25, July 7, 2016, with your host, Nick Toast. Thank you all for listening. Woo! Today, it was very close today. We are at the July CCB meeting, the Cannabis um, Control Board meeting, um, part one. Good Sense is on the agenda. We are uh, number 13 of new applications. We made it to number one today. So tomorrow, I really, I'm thinking before lunch. Let's get them done, get them done, get them on, get them in, get them out, approve, approve, approve. Um, something interesting going to be tomorrow. We seem to be the only one with an objection. I have not seen that come up yet. So I do not know how that's going to be handled. The objections are related to being within a close to a union hall, like a training center and a church. We are out of range of them, but they are saying that it should be further. Um, Still, it's going to be interesting how the board handles things. Uh, Also, tonight is Sarah Williams' industry party in Fairbanks. Um, Looking really forward to that. I did not think I was going to be able to go. Circumstances arise where I am able to go. Cannot wait to walk around with those giants. And I must say, meeting Sarah Williams today, she is a giant. What a personality. I've been following her on Facebook for months, um, listened to her video blogs. Um, It was so good to see her today. She has a presence, and I'm happy that she is the positive cannabis ambassador that she is. Let's. Uh, one of the interesting things that happened today, most of the whole morning, really revolved around uh, on-site consumption. We have. Oh, I don't even know. The the biggest thing, you know, they're worried about what are they going to do with extra smoke. You're not going in there with a lot. If you can only buy a gram to consume at the bar, you're going to smoke the gram and you're going to go home or go buy more. If you have extra, you take it. Who? What do you have extra than a gram? What, you'll smoke some. If you have any extra, it's going to be minimal. You'll have your own container. You'll put it in, and you'll leave. It's up to you whether you have a a um, childproof container. Um, the idea that cannabis left in in the building is going to be a problem. Um, how many bartenders slurp bottles that are left? Or mix all the alcohol together and make themselves big shots. I'm sure some do. Um, how many servers are out there um, eating food that's not eaten? Lots. It's not acceptable, though. It's not acceptable socially. It's not acceptable by the law. I'm, I'm sure there are some kind of health, health codes involving that. Same thing with cannabis. I don't know. Maybe we share it so much that it seems like it, you'd be picking up the extra, and maybe you would, but you don't know what it is. You don't know what people left behind. They may be leaving it behind for a reason. It may suck. May have problems with it. Maybe it fell on the floor, and maybe someone wiped their ass with it. Um, you, that's what the whole point of this regulation is. You know what you're buying. People aren't going to be picking up stuff off the floor and tables and consuming it it's up to the business i mean it's the same as in a bar are people allowed to bring in alcohol to a bar no do people do it sure i'm sure yes 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 is it going to happen in consumption bars yes 
Um, it's up to the owner. The owner doesn't want them to bring it in. The owner wants to sell their own cannabis. They do not need to worry about this. Uh, but we have lots of talk about that all morning. We finally get to public comment in the afternoon, and we have the dynamic Fairbanks duo. Uh, they look like Batman and Robin walking in. Um, Jim Oslin and uh, Lance Roberts. What? What does their... I, they have this personal mission to destroy cannabis in Fairbanks. Um, they, Jim Oslin lost against Frosty Farms in the conditional use permit, and he's just now putting it over the whole barrel. If he doesn't win under his in his backyard, then he's going to attach it to the whole barrel. Roberts, I don't know what's going on with Roberts. Um, fundamentalist religion aspect that he's confused about what's going on. Um, part of the Just Say No era and Reefer Madness. He's does not understand his facts. He does not know what's going on. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to play Roberts and Oslin's testimony today. What a waste of time. I don't think the board took them seriously, but here it is. Thanks, Roberts. Um, I'm in the Borough Assembly here, but I'm uh, representing myself and speaking for myself. Uh, I was uh, on Twitter this morning and saw that you guys first said no to the club regulations and then brought it back up and amended in some way and then passed it. So, um, not necessarily speaking because I haven't to repeat details because I haven't seen uh, what actually got passed. Um, if anything, read those messages, right? But um, uh, I, it, it's very sad that this board went beyond the initiative in creating this club environment that no other state's done for recreational marijuana. There's already so many problems that have to be dealt with with something that we've already seen bad results coming out of the other states that have done this. And we haven't solved the problems because no one's had time to solve the problems. And so we've got this large issue. Um, they want to compare clubs to bars, and that's a very inappropriate comparison because you've got two major differences. One is that alcohol has a range of moderation where someone can go to a bar, drink a beer, be relaxed, drive home, and the spine is not impaired. But with marijuana, you don't have that, and any mind-altering drug, you don't have that range of moderation. You know, if you smoke any non-de minimis amount, you consume that, you are um, in an impaired state, and you shouldn't be driving. What's worse is, um, combined with that, is that there's no protection for residential neighborhoods. And you don't see too many bars in residential neighborhoods, but you're seeing a lot of marijuana places going into residential neighborhoods. Every single one in Fairbanks has been approved by the Planning Commission for conditional uses or approved by the Assembly over protests. Um, and so you're getting these put into residential neighborhoods, these kind of establishments. Uh, another thing, of course, is that you can't really have a designated driver to smoke facility, and I thought a tweet that mentioned you guys had some amendment up on smoking, so maybe you've been discussing that. But it's just a bad situation where um, you're inviting people into to come to these places in a quantity, like a business quantity, not just going to someone's house, and come into these neighborhoods and smoke, and then how are they going to get home? You know, sure they're not supposed to. How are they going to get home? So I hope you think about that. Okay, so I'll move on to the next point. Okay, thank you. So, um, 
in making uh, citizen protests, you guys have set up some regulations that don't work. They don't. You made them different than the ones that govern how protests are done for alcohol establishments. So you've got this rule that ill defines the time you can make the protest in. When it starts, if it's only 30 days instead of 60 days for alcohol, she has some real problems getting those complaints. Now I checked on the one official one that I put in, and they said, yes, it's going in the folders, all that. But if I ever find out one of my complaints didn't go through, then this is going to be a court case, because you guys are stifling the ability of the public to make comments, which is a critical part of this process. So those regulations really need to be cleaned up. Those need to be made clear and precise and with reasonable time frames and with reasonable notification and notice to the public. Uh, and last of all, um, I referenced earlier about residential neighborhoods. You really need to come up with a, with a way to protect those neighborhoods. Uh, right now, there's very little protection, and these things are just going in blindly because obviously the active pressure groups are those people who either um, have that addiction or they want to make a lot of money off of serving others who have that addiction. And so they're very interested in not having those rules or regulations. But a lot of the voters who voted for that initiative did it thinking that the government would provide the regulation to provide the safety. You know, the smoking is just um, one part of the problem. I had an interesting uh, testifier. Sure. Just one last thing is that um, a testifier who never agrees with me about hardly anything came into a, a meeting to testify about an establishment in his neighborhood, and he pointed out, because of the lighting requirements, it's like putting an industrial facility in the middle of your neighborhood. Just think about having one of those in your neighborhood where you're right where you can see it. So please think about those impacts on people in the community. Thank you. Any questions? Yeah, Mr. Roberts, you, you spoke of, of all these problems that the states that have legalized recreational marijuana experience. Did you bring for the board today potentially some, um, some literature from the Oregon, Washington, and Colorado departments of health and departments of public safety that actually support your claims? I, I didn't bring any information. Uh, I know that information's out there. I'm sure you guys are swamped in it. Any other questions? Thank you, Mr. Thanks. Jim Austin in Salt Joe, Alaska. Commercial excuse me, commercial cultivation, manufacture, distribution, and sale, marijuana are violations of federal drug laws. You are licensing people to conduct businesses that violate federal drug laws. Technically, you people are accessories to felonies. And one thing I'm having a hard time with is if, you know, drug cartels sell marijuana, that's bad, but the state of Alaska sanctions sale of marijuana and marijuana businesses, and that's good, really. One of the things that uh, Alaskans have, haven't come to grips with yet and need to think about, during the Prop 2 campaign, Two big outside special interest groups, the Marijuana Policy Project and the Drug Policy Alliance, contributed over $855,000 to the Yes People. The total amount spent by Alaskans to try to defeat Prop 2 was $267,600.
Do you think the outcome of that election represents the will of the people? I don't. Finally, the regulations require health warnings on marijuana products. That's good. It also, it also should require economic warnings. You want a job at Safeway, Fred Meyer, Walmart, Sam's Club? You use marijuana, you're not going to get one. Same goes for Home Depot and Lowe's. You want a job in construction, the building industry? They test for drugs. Same goes for transportation. Want a job at Pogo Mine down by Delta or Fort Knox up north of Fairbanks? Better not be smoking. Prospects for employment for marijuana users are greatly reduced compared with those who are non-users. This is going to be a serious problem for people. You need to warn them. Well, there you have it, drug-free Fairbanks and Lance Roberts added again. Um, I heard they need a few thousand signatures um, by by a couple tomorrow. I heard. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Even if it did, it wouldn't pass in the big vote. Um, but they'll be back again. They're going to keep on trying and trying and until they go away. I'm not sure wh how long. I guess people still go against alcohol, right? Any kind of freedom freedom of choice people are going to be against it so with that i am going to get ready for the industry meeting tonight ah it is going to be walking in a room full of giants yeah tomorrow good sense on and tomorrow we plan on have it completed all done just with delegation get the fire marshal in and Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud. Search Mid Toker. See you.